The following podcast contains coarse language and adult themes. This week on the show, we're chatting those magnificently metaphoric and mildly misunderstood Marvel mutants in all their forms, as we kick off our three-part series on the very merry X-Men. I'm Riggs. I'm Eddie. And this is the Film Addicts Podcast. Hey folks, and welcome back to the Filmatics Podcast. I'm here with Eddie. What's up, mate? I am doing good. Happy New Year to everyone listening, because this is going to go out in the new year. It, will, it absolutely will, yeah. There's um, there's still uh, one more to come out before this one, but that's okay. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're getting into 2023. 2022's been a blast. Um, but I just thought we might we might just chat about something real quick. Is that all right with you, Eddie? Do you mind if I just vent a little bit real quickly? Absolutely. So we had a conversation about this the other day and, um, you know, no disrespect to any of the uh, people on uh, particularly uh, IG, but, um, you know, all social media and all media outlets at this particular time. But this fucking, how do I put it? This gotcha film journalism, this schadenfreude journalism, uh, I just can't get on board with it anymore. The recent sort of negativity around uh, films performances, uh, particularly Babylon, which just came out, I think it came out on Boxing Day. Um, you know, it came out, it, it, it did, you know, badly in its opening day, opening weekend, and all of a sudden it's a bomb. People are asking, is Margie, Ro- uh, Margie, I like Margie, that's fine. Is Margot Robbie over? Like, what are you talking about? It's fucking been out a day and, and give people an opportunity to go. And even if it does end up being a bomb, do you know what else was a bomb? Fucking Fight Club. All right. These things find their audience. They take on new forms. They become popular in streaming. We're still, you know, technically COVID season three, guys. So maybe people aren't keen to go out on a Boxing Day release. The film does go for three hours, which, you know, Tests people, even though so does Avatar, but Margot Robbie's not blue in her picture, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole thing. But I think, I think people want to hear this stuff. It seems to be 99.999 at infinitum percent of the, of the stories that are uh, being reported on in, in film journalism are negative stories about things failing, about, you know, studios... Uh, 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 not producing stuff and 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 all this and the the craft the art of what this thing that we all love is is being completely lost in the minutia. Um, so much so that like Avatar: Way of the Water, or Way of Water, sorry, uh, is doing very very well. But that's all I'm hearing. I'm not hearing. No one's telling me if it's good or not, or if it's you know a good story. It's all about box office returns, and of course that doesn't really mean anything in the long term. Uh, if a movie does well, that doesn't necessarily mean it's good. It just means everyone's going to see it. Um, so what what I kind of want to do is think about uh, what, what we want to do moving forward. Um, so in our nerd news segment, we're no longer going to include these negative headlines. Um, we're going to have, you know, joy and, and wonderment and gratitude uh, about film and and nerd stuff because that's that's what I want to put out there. If you want to continue to to get you know this clickbait stuff and get people to to go and and, and look at your post because it is saying something negative, 
fill your boots. Like that's your decision to do it. I just don't want to be a part of that cycle anymore. The world is bleak enough. Let's not go ruining movies at the same time. So as I said, moving forward, let's, let's be positive. Let's, let's look at this stuff and go, Hey, yes, yes, this is, this is amazing. This stuff. And, and it's so great that we get to see it. Um, and, and I'm, I'm reminded and we'll get to this when we get into, um, what are we watching? Uh, but I recently watched Ted Lasso, um, which is a beautifully, uh, a, a positive and life affirming show. Um, it's got this, this great, uh, uh, sense of warmth about it. It has, you know, high, you know, Apple TV level American production values with really British sensibility. Um, and there's a great uh, a scene in that where uh, Ted talks about uh, him being misunderstood his whole life or being um, uh, uh, underestimated his whole life. And he, he quotes Walt Whitman. Um, and the quote is, be curious, not judgmental. Like if you if you see an article, and, and, and let's not make any qualms about it, folks. If you post an article saying that Babylon has done bad in its opening weekend, people will make a decision based on that. They will go, oh, well, I'm not going to go and see it. Then if no one else is, it's obviously not good. Which that one person who doesn't go and see it, it might be their favorite movie in the long term. You know, these kind of decisions hurt box office. You know, reporting on box office hurts it. If you don't like the movie, write a review, write a succinct review describing the the things you didn't like about it and why you don't think it's successful and and what you could have done better, perhaps. Don't just go, it's not doing well. C, it's got a C on Rotten Tomatoes. Who fucking cares? Rotten Tomatoes is is about as accurate as a blind archer Um, and not like a cool one who's got some sort of sensibility like Daredevil. I mean, just a blind person trying to use a bow and arrow. Um, So, yeah, be curious, not judgmental. Curious as in, why isn't it doing it well? Why are people not going out to see it? Maybe I'll go out and see it and make up my own fucking mind instead of being judgmental off the bat. So, I love you all, friends. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. If, if it makes you happy, that's fine. But me and Addy, we're, we're, we're going to change gears a little bit and we're going to talk about, in the nerd news, some fucking some awesome shit that's going down. So, that's, that's my rant. Thanks for giving me the... The platform to do that, Addy. I appreciate it. It's your podcast too, man. Of course. I know, but it's just like I don't want to become like I don't want to tell people what to do. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying that for me, like I was, I was so despondent. I was like, oh, for Christ's sake! And and doing, you know, the especially my other show, the Stitch Up, and this show too. Like we are really positive and we love all this stuff, but it's so hard to penetrate the negativity, you know, that's, that's what people, if it bleeds, it leads. That's, that's what people want to hear about. Dwayne Johnson's movie's not doing too well. I will fuck that guy. Like it's such, yeah, schadenfreude. I can't, I can't get behind it. And I was like, well, why do I even do these things? Why do I do this show? And I do them because they're fun. And, and, and that's, that's what I get out of it. And if one person listens and decides, Hey, you know what? He's right. I'm going to go and see Babylon. Damien Chazelle, you owe me a fucking check. But um, regardless of all that, regardless of all that, do you want to do what are we watching? Let's do what are we watching. Okay. What are we watching? The timing gets better every time. I think we're really good. Well, as I said, I've been watching Ted Lasso, but let's, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. What have you been watching? Well, let's start over something that we both watched at the same time on the same day, but unknowingly. We watched a, okay. s- a small Christmas movie called uh, S- Violent Night with, yeah. David, with David Harbour. <laughs> it's good. 
It's good fun. It is so fun. I I can't it's it's just so fun. It is dumb fucking fun and that's all you need. Yeah. Yep. That's a perfect way to describe it. It doesn't ask much of you. Um it's everything you expect it to be. John Leguizamo's in it. You can't win. I can't lose rather. You cannot lose with that film. Like Hang on. I just need to move my cabling. Sorry. I get this happens every fucking time. It's like a goddamn Medusa in here of all the goddamn cables. Okay. Sorry if that made noises everybody. Okay. Violent Night. Yeah. Um it's that kind of movie if you sit down and you think about it a lot, it's going to ruin the fun. So don't do that. Just watch mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Just get in and and it was, you know, it's not going to be a Hollywood uh, Hollywood. It's not going to be a Christmas classic. Uh but it's certainly David Harbour. I mean, like that's all you need. That's David exactly. Harbour and, and John Leguizamo, they're um they're the business, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. This is the night where Christmas dies or some shit. I just there was a joke in the trailer for the for the fucking thing that they didn't use in the film, which was like he said it's time for some seasons beatings, and I was pissed myself. But it's not actually in the movie; it was just in the trailer. Which apparently that's we're going to talk about that in nerd news. You can get sued for that now. Yeah, that fucking extremely American. <laughs> but we'll get to that business. Um, anything else you've been watching? Um, I watched Avatar two. Yeah, and can you t- can you tell me what it's like and not tell I me will. how much fucking money it made? Of course, it made a billion dollars. Everybody, what did you think was going to happen? Why is so everybody so surprised? I'm like I'm like eighty five percent sure that I was the one that got it to a billion dollars worldwide. Yeah, of course, <laughs> did two visits. That's that makes it up. <laughs> yeah, because did you see it in the three D with the high frame rate? I did not. I'm planning on yeah. it, but I did not. I just wanted to watch it in 2D just to see how it feels. And yep. like the first time, it, I didn't I didn't feel it. I, I literally hated a lot of things in that film. The first time around. You're racist against blue people. I am not. I'm the... <laughs> fuck, man. <laughs> He's not. He loves them. Yeah. Too much of anything. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of X-Men that are blue as well. We'll get to that. Hey. It's right here, man. Yeah, mutant and proud. But he, Addy's wearing a t-shirt with little, like, you know, uh, headshots of all the characters from the X-Men cartoon series, which we'll talk about in in part three of this series. Um, and it says mutant and proud, and it's it's the best t-shirt that anyone's ever worn, ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, Legit. <laughs> well, no, your, your, your Deadpool one is fucking amazing. That's My Deadpool taco hoodie is pretty awesome, yeah. Um, but yeah. It's it's an experience. It's a film made for people that didn't fall in love with the first one, but kind of want to watch this one. And okay. uh, yeah, the one thing is that you do have to sit through the first one to understand what the fuck's going on in this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, the story is insanely childish. It is very childish. Well, so was the first one. It's just, you know, like that kind of American frontier yeah. kind of stuff. And the more I think about the first one, the more I kind of don't want to talk about it because there's a lot of white savior shit in that that I just... It's loud. In it, like with a 2022 lens of just thinking how far we've come in the last, you know, 15 years in terms of inclusion and not doing that, uh, you know, another great white savior is is, is kind of not what you want. And I, I rewatched it recently um, uh, for... Uh, the We Hate Movies podcast did an episode, um, so I like to watch the movie before I listen to the episode, and I haven't seen it since it was at the cinema. 
uh, all those years ago. And yeah, it was the first thing that popped out was like, hang on a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do these people take look after themselves probably, you know what I mean? Yeah. Also, the sex stuff with the dragons is a bit odd. Like, oh, yeah, you're yeah. mine now. Like, so, fuck you now. All right. <laughs> they, they, they call it bonding, in air quotes. But um, if, is it? If, you, is it? if you really think about it, when they, when they do bond bond with their birds, it's kind of rape. It's, it's, it, it's, yeah, it, sorry it, you to use the R word, everyone, but it's a bit fucking bloody odd and weird I, mu- I must say and also there's a lot of really big f- i don't know where disney plus is doing this this is me doing a sexy voice but disney plus is it's on disney plus so fuck it yeah hi this is disney disney plus i love huge blue feet oh. now everyone out there don't isolate that clip please <laughs> and use it around the internet it's not anyone out there it's just me i'm gonna do that I'm gonna get cancelled yeah that's true yeah um yeah so there is a lot of issues going on there but you know did you in, did you have a good time with it? Did you, did you think the story works? That's what I really want to know. It could be as beautiful. Like the high frame rate in the 3D you can all keep. Like just I, I'm sure it's a technical wonder and it's come so much further in terms of its uh, uh, the the uh, CG, like the cinematic techniques around that. And I know that it's going to be greater than a lot of the other stuff we've seen lately. Beautiful. That's wonderful. I'm so happy that we've come to a place where we can do that. Oh, that's not what I'm interested in. Like, is the story... That's why I don't go and see it because I'm not interested in the story. I didn't like the first one. I, d- it's, I didn't not like it. It just didn't engage me. Um, I like the the uh, environmental message behind it all. That's great. Uh, and, and probably this one too. But it just... It, that story in particular doesn't really interest me, however good it looks. Did you enjoy the story? Not really. The story, yeah. like... It's kind of weird because it's not the same problem I have with the first one. Like mm. I kind of ignore all the, all, all the mediocre writing with the with the characters because the culture and the, and the themes in in that first one are just so, so loud that you can see them th- without without the dialogue. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing that that film exists and the message that that film is sending is amazing. This one has that a lot, but this one also introduces characters that we haven't seen before, and the mutants. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, did they not use that word at some point? They did not. No, maybe I'm thinking of the first one. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, but um, yeah, the story is not that great. The themes are more powerful than the first one i would say like the themes really got me the second time around Mm -hmm. like i have a tendency if i like something i will choose to ignore the flaws in it because i just like it so much and i'm not ignoring any flaws in this one because the villain sucks it's all the writing with the human characters is atrocious but, I'm just nodding. I'm just nodding. Yep. But the themes and the themes and just showing how these characters are gonna go on from now, it's it's amazing. Yep. Shit. What's it with bling? <laughs> Turn that shit off. We're in the middle of something. Yeah. This is work. <laughs> um. But yeah, I would say if you don't want to watch it and you're not sure if you're gonna like it. Watch it without all the IMAX and 4D shit. 
watch it just in a standard Atmos theater or whatever, 2D. Yeah. And if you like it, per second. yeah. And then if you like it, then go on to IMAX, man. Enjoy it as much as you want to. Or do it the way that some of my pals have done it in in New York and go to the 4DX, but have a have a have a joint beforehand. Have a <laughs> I'm not advocating marijuana use in Australia or Thailand for that matter, but in America it's legal in a lot of places, and apparently that's the way to do it. But um, yeah, okay. Well, you know, like go and check it out. Make up your own mind, folks. Don't listen to us. Addy, Addy, he 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 thinks it's good looking, but not so great story. I haven't seen it, so I'm not going to comment. The only the only thing I would say though is that we had Avatar one with great with okay not that great of a story but okay characters and and a good story. This one has an okay story but kind of great characters. So we have mm-hmm. a balance of both now. So I'm I'm excited to see what he what James Cameron does with the third one. Knowing that he's sh- yeah. knowing that he's already shot the third one, the third one's end of next year, and then the uh, four uh, the third sorry the second no the third four. one's end of next year twenty twenty six is the fourth one and the fifth one is twenty twenty eight and then he has plans for uh, six and seven but he'll be in his eighties at that point so he's going to pass it on to someone else I think yeah. um, you know and and there's no denying his technical prowess he he I think he has has a problem with his scripts. They, they, they're very um, formulaic. Not that I could write a script. Well, maybe I could. I don't know. I'd, uh, he's, a, he's a very proficient producer of everything and of all aspects, but I just think he's, it, like, especially the first one, it, it is so, like, the dialogue is so ripped from every other movie you've ever heard. Um, there's there's no there's some, nothing really new uh, about the way that he's, he's, his people speak to each other or the way that the flow of the story goes. It's very formula. And that's fine. That's fine, Jim. You seem to be doing okay. I'm not going to diss you, buddy. Uh, Jim, like he's my friend. Maybe uh, anything else you were watching? Know. Yeah. Um, another film that both of us watched was uh, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, and I only watched it because I'm a Beatles fan and I wanted to hear that song. The, is the Glass Onion? <laughs> yeah. Is there a Glass Onion? Is that the name of a Beatles song? Is it? Yeah, it plays at the end of the credits. Is that what that is? Okay, I don't know. I just, I'm, not a, I'm not a Beatles person. Um, but uh, I, I like the Beatles, but just, you know, I don't follow their whole catalogue. Um, yeah, I dug it. I, I thought it was long in parts. Um, and you know what really got me, though, was uh, just the cinema... The way that Ryan um, Johnson... Is it Johnson? Yep. Director. The way that Ryan Johnson and his, his uh, cinematographer, who he has used since his debut film, Brick, which is amazing, by the way. It's a film noir set in a high school about a girl who goes missing and, and her ex-boyfriend who tries to hunt her down. Incredible film, Brick. Just what it, stop listening to this right now. Press pause and come back after you've watched Brick and appreciate that. Um, wonderful film. He's used the same DP the whole time. It is one of the most beautifully shot pictures of the year like it it's it, it, not that academy awards again mean anything but it should get a nod for for cinematography um there was a shot in particular where they're in the the last sort of the what is known as the parlor scene where all the you know information comes out and and uh, daniel craig's wonderful um uh, benoit character is is sort of you know going through the mystery and breaking it all down and the camera is dollying past those um uh glass uh, statuettes and it's warping the frame as he walks past and I was I literally said out loud to my fiance I was like that's fucking amazing like it was just yeah I dug it a lot it was uh, pretty cool it was probably about 20 minutes too long yeah and sure. um, yeah there was just but what I really liked about it is how 
it is, and, and again, Emily said this, my fiance, it wasn't something I sort of took on straight away, but she's like, this is a dig at every person who was a shit ape during lockdown. Influencers, YouTube celebrities, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with these people. There's not. There's, you know, I'm sure they're doing great work in places, but there is certainly a toxic area of all of this stuff. Dave Batista's character is a, you know, a a, um, a, a, a symbol of that, of that kind of, um, it, I call it anti-woke. Like it's people who are intentionally being not woke to, to sort of counteract how much that happens. You know, I'm the young girl who's, he's going to have me on his Twitch stream, that kind of thing. And the, the, the billionaire who's, who, has all the money in the world, no sense, like, and, and, and could have, you know, they get on the button, they get sprayed in the mouth. Ethan Hawke sprays in the mouth and he's like, you're good. That's a cure for COVID. They've just been given. And that's, you know, if all of the billionaires had a fucking pulled their money at the beginning of this shit, it would have happened all a bit quicker. So I just, I I like that it was taking a dig at the, a, a bunch of different cultures of society, different groups of society who, were in a time when everyone was struggling, doing all the wrong things uh, and, and not helping anybody out. It was, yeah, it was very, very cool. A very cool film. A friend of mine pointed out that if you see the, the poster for Knives Out and Glass Onion, Chris Evans' name and Edward Norton's name, spoilers, by the way, is 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 second. And and when they announced the, when they announced the poster, he had a theory that Edward Norton's going to be the killer. And you want it to be so wrong. <laughs> I, I kind of picked it that as well. Like you kind of, I mean, but I picked Chris Evans in the first one. As, I'm not saying I'm a fantastic detective or anything. But yeah, it's just it, it was, um, you know, it just popularity. kind of feels that way that it's going. I didn't realize Batista was going to, you know, oh yeah, there's spoilers for all this stuff, by the way. <laughs> didn't realize Batista was going to have happened what happened to him. Um, you know, he grows a third head, everyone. He had two. One of them, it was his head and then the forehead that he has. Have you seen this dude? My God, he's a monster. It's fantastic. God, dude, dude, it looks like Frankenstein. Um, yeah, so I reckon check it out. Yeah, check out Glass Onion. It's a good time. Yeah, it's a good time. And Daniel Craig has a lot of fun in this one, I think, more than oh, he had man, the first he is one. Just, I don't know how he's able to form words with all the fucking <laughs> scenery he's got in his mouth. Like, it's amazing. But he's he's having a really good time. Actually, I read a review on, on uh, uh, Letterboxd. Of, I can't remember who it was, sorry. Uh, said... Um, this should be his legacy. Like his, his, he should do like two or three more of these films, and people should be like, when you hear Daniel Craig, y- you think um, you Benoit, know, Blanc. Uh, Benoit, Benoit Blanc in, in in the same sentence, not Bond, because um, you know a lot of people have been Bond. But um, anyway, moving forward, um, as I said, the thing that I've watched the most was yeah Christmas stuff, um, and uh, went to the cinema a couple of times and and saw uh, some stuff at the Astor. My, my annual uh, seeing of Batman Returns, which is still the best superhero movie of all time and the best Batman movie of all time, in my opinion. Uh, go and check out the the Stitch Up episode of Batman Returns, which I which came out last year, um, if you if you need my essay on why that's the case. Uh, but also, yeah, Ted Lasso, my friend uh, Tyler, what's up, buddy, uh, got me onto it. We were just at the gym and, and uh, he said, you should check it out. I'm like, you know, I've just avoided it because I don't like soccer. Well, I don't not like soccer. I just have no relationship with soccer. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's totally fine. And I, I watched it uh, and it was, I laughed and I cried and I, I felt warm inside and I wanted to be a better person. Like it's such a beautiful show uh, and it's so uh, well constructed. All the characters are so well drawn and, you know, have so much uh, uh, agency. Uh, it's, it's yeah, it's a, it's a, a beautiful piece of television. I, I highly recommend Ted Lasso. Um, even, you know, just 
get an Apple trial for a fucking couple of weeks and just check it out. Or ask Will Smith to do it because apparently he's given away like fucking hotcakes or whatever the hell's going on. What? <laughs> I, don't know, was, I don't know. Something about Will Smith giving away Apple subscriptions because he wants people to watch Emancipation, which is new his new film. Um, if you want people to watch your movies, don't physically assault other people at the Oscars, dude. That's it's really really simple. Um, cool. All right. Well, shall we? we, we do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, the other thing I've been watching in air quotes is four kittens. Me and, me and uh, my fiance uh, fostered four kittens yesterday from a, a, a um, animal shelter uh, here in Melbourne, and uh, so yeah, we have four little boys, four little little kitten buddies. Um, there's uh, uh, Paul, but spelled P A W L, uh, Jack, and uh, Perry uh, with an I, and Clark is is yeah, he's he's amazing, and I called him Clark because he's really shy. And really, really meek, but very sweet. So he reminded me of of, of Clark Kent. Uh, I thought you'd appreciate that one, Eddie. He's going to cry. Yeah. So yeah, I've been watching <laughs> kittens just. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I've been watching kittens tumble over each other all morning, and and then and then all fall asleep in a heap. It's been it's been wonderful. It's almost as wholesome as Ted Lasso. <laughs> all right. So, but instead of all that, instead of all kitten stuff, we'll get back to that. We're going to do some. Nerd news. All right, Filmatics Podcast Nerd News, all positive, all positive nerd news, folks. It's going to be a good time. First, is um, let's you know we're talking about the glass onions, uh, a, a knives out mystery, which apparently Ryan Johnson isn't a fan of having to have that subtitle, but I assume Netflix made him do it. But that's not the story. The story is he says Dave Batista is the greatest wrestler turned actor ever. What do you reckon? I reckon he's right. He said someone like Paul Thomas Anderson is going to give him a real part, and he's going to look like a ge- and it's going to look like genius. I mean, the like already happened. Denis Villeneuve, Denis Villeneuve, Denis Nenen, Denis Villeneuve gave him a role in um at the beginning of uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and he's fantastic in that. He's really great. He's great as Drax, even though it's not you know a super dramatic role. There's dramatic points to it. Yeah, I think he's really talented as well. Um, you know, and and has more range than than a lot of the other ones anyway. <laughs> What are you laughing? I'm sorry. I got I got flashbacks to when we did the Dune episode and you did the same thing with his name. Niv 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 Niv. Yep. We have a good catalogue of nonsense is basically what it over two thousand minutes of nonsense for your ass if you enjoy it. So yeah, I'm 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 kind of on board with him. I guess the, the future will um the future is pretty bright for, for good old Mr. Batista. Um and speaking of speaking glowingly about actors uh christopher nolan came out recently uh to speak about his the star of his new film oppenheimer uh robert danny jr and he said we all know that robert danny jr is one of the great movie stars it's also easy to forget that he's also one of the greatest actors of all time and that's such a beautiful sentiment because robert danny jr has been sidelined from great taking great roles by being Tony Stark for a long time. He tried to do a couple of things in between there, do little judge 
and they didn't really work for him. This is kind of going to be his, I think, coming back to yeah. everyone going, oh, yeah, he's fucking amazing. And I know that because I watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang on Christmas night. Hysterical. And the, the scene where he kills the guy and he's on the phone to Perry and he's like, Perry, I just killed a guy. I've never had to do that before. Like, it's he, he really is one of one of the finest actors of his generation. What is what is is there to say? Yeah, that's very true. If Christopher Nolan says it, I just shut up and go, yep, you're right, Chris. Yeah. So I can't wait to see that movie and, and, that f- and see see his performance in it. Yeah, that fucking cast is stacked, man. It is full on like Donkey Kong, I'm going to tell you that much. Yeah. It's going to be great. Um, this is an interesting one. Sony reportedly wanted to give Zendaya's MJ powers in the MCU. Because she has them. And <laughs> he just rubbed his forehead like I just told him that I'd done a fart. Um yeah, they were trying for a while to give Zendaya's character powers, but uh, they didn't do it in the end. Um, and they were, you know, she was happy to just be just MJ. Um, in the comics, Mary Jane has powers at the moment for, for whatever reason. So I'm kind of glad they didn't do that either. Right. Um, too. Also, we had a leaked shit about Jim, uh, James Cameron's Spider-Man. I'm so glad it didn't get made. Yeah, it, I've, I've um, read the treatment uh, that he put up and it's bloody odd and weird like it's really it's violent there's lots of swearing and um him and mj fu- or maybe him and mj or him and uh, gwen stacy perhaps fuck on uh, uh brooklyn know, bridge. The, the brooklyn bridge i nearly said the leaning tower of pisa i'm like what the fuck hey, yeah on the brooklyn want to, bridge man. it's like fill your boots uh it's, it's a good place to do it it's all sideways but um, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if that would have worked. And Leo is as uh, he's too good looking, you know. I I, I for, for for he's too much of a movie star in my head. Um, but it would be interesting to see maybe the alternate reality of where that that film came out and and what it is. His his drawings and stuff for it were pretty cool. He tried for a long time. Yeah. Tried for a really long time. I don't know if he has this like, in the nerd news, but because we're talking about Spider Man. Um, there was a there was a trailer for Across the Spider was that dropped. I didn't see it. Oh my god, dude, see it! I want your live reaction. All right, well, we're, no, I'm not going to watch it while people. We've done this before. I'm not going <laughs> to listen to something while people are listening to us. That's ridiculous. We'll do it and then we'll talk about it next episode. Um, yeah, well, if you enjoyed that, let us know how you felt about the new Cross the Spider-Verse uh, trailer, and we'll talk about it next week. Um, and, uh, sorry, where are we? I've lost my way. Here we go. Um, Black Panther 2's original story with Chadwick Boseman was officially released. Um, and Ryan Coogler said that it was going to be like a, a father and son story, um, which is, which is pretty interesting. Um, it was going to be dealing with, uh, the blip and how, uh, T'Challa was gone along with the billions of other people and brought back, uh, five years later to this son, uh, that he didn't know he had. Um, and it was going to be like a story of them kind of learning from each other and, and, and bonding and becoming father and son. Um, but then Black Panther would go and have to, uh, uh, you know, go on some sort of adventure and he would take the kid with him. I, I don't know what that, that is because you can't speculate because Chadwick's no longer with us. Um, so it, I'm sure it would have been interesting if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. I would say... St- Anyone listening, just stay away from that. Just just try and stay away from just imagining and speculating what, what that would be like. Yeah, yeah. 
just stick with what we have and, and, and make a judgment based on that because otherwise we could be here. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there writing fan scripts as we speak. It would be interesting if Ryan Coogler released that script though, you know, on Script Lab or something like that. That'd be pretty cool. Um, this one I thought was interesting. New details on Marvel's Thunderbolts has been revealed. That Sentry, uh, with an S, uh, will reportedly first appear as a member of the Thunderbolts team and then uh, throughout the film will start to hear voices and lose his mind, uh, leaving him be, uh, sorry, leading him to be the villain of the piece. Now, Sentry was a Superman-level powered creation uh, in, in the early 90s, I think it was, or mid-90s, um, and it was supposedly, uh, it was marketed as a uh, a Stan Lee creation from years and years ago that never took off. That was that was just, you know, buried in the annals of, of Marvel uh, 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 comic book history. And Brian Michael Bendis, the, the, you know, wunderkind at the time in the 90s, resurrected this character and gave him his own series and 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 it was it was like this is his return and they had old art old, like fake art done you know from the 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 when san supposedly first created it but it was all a ruse it was just a new character that they were sort of giving this this kind of fake origin to and he's been in and out of the comics for years he was in the avengers for a while um yeah so i'm i'm pretty keen on that i think that's a really cool cool thing to do having having a, a you know this team member kind of with superman level powers lose their shit it's almost the suicide squad movie <laughs> i mean we said it we said it when we did yeah. the when we did the comic-con episode yep yeah yeah um so you know good luck with that one i don't know elaine is in it so i'm going i'm gonna get florence you put florence Pugh in something i'll line up don't worry and finally in the nerd news this is this is a little Schadenfreude. Oh no, it's, I suppose it's not really. It just it, it it just it speaks to the stupidity of people, and I have an example of it as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. A federal judge has ruled that movie studios can be sued for advertising de- advertising deceptive trailers. So, for instance, you know the the one that they speak to is uh, the Avengers Avengers Infinity War, where you had the shot of them all running at the camera, which was shot purely for the trailer because the Hulk's not in that picture. Um, you know. You can now be sued for it. And it comes after two Ana Diamas fans filed a lawsuit when they rented the film yesterday after seeing her in the trailer and she wasn't in it. Okay. Let's just let's just be Addy's pissing himself. Let's just say this straight up. First thing, grow the fuck up. Like that that is that is so childish. And I have an example of it too. I used to work in a video store. We have like a, a, a um, chain of video stores here we don't need more but they've all closed down called video easy and i worked at one of those and fuck me a woman called up one day and it was her and her friend like in on the phone as well but like behind her like a, yeah you're back better complaining that they'd hired the butterfly effect with aston kutcher and the ending was different than the one that they saw that was at the cinema and i was trying to explain to them that it's because it's the director's cut it's a different different picture and and they were like, oh no, it's you know it's something about him being a baby or whatever. It's ridiculous. And she was literally shouting at me over the phone with her friend in the background, telling me, you know, who was who was two years into film school at the time. They don't change the ending of movies in the director's cut. You fucking idiot and all this stuff. And I was just like, actually, they do. They do it all the time. They do it all the time. Blade Runner. 
uh, uh, you know, they've got the extended versions of the Lord of the Rings. You've got the fucking apocalypse now. Like I was trying to get them to do it and they just were losing their mind saying that, you know, this isn't how they were expecting it to end and they want their money back. And the manager gave them their money back. They were like, she was like, come in, we'll give you a free rental. I'm like, you can't placate to these people. That's ridiculous. Like this, these two people who are suing the Ana de Armas fans who like, no, no problem being an Ana de Armas fan. I am as well, but Come on. I mean, give, would you just... Would you just... Fuck me, Addy. I don't know. Like, the IQ level is plummeting. It's ridiculous. Did you know... In, like, when you go to the... the um, uh, uh, Like, a hotel or whatever, and they've got the hairdryer, and there's a little tag on it that says, Do not use in the shower. Like, do we have to slow down for these people? What the fuck, man? <laughs> anyway. You know what's worse? <laughs> What's that? Uh, yesterday is a is a Beatles biopic, where <laughs> where the Beatles stop existing, and this is the only person who remembers the Beatles. And yeah, I know what the story is. Right? Yeah, and the scene that they're talking about, I've seen that scene. It's on YouTube, and it's so. Well, there you fucking go. And it's bad, man. Like it's not worth fucking suing for. Maybe maybe go on YouTube, watch it, or rip it from YouTube and insert it into your Blu-ray copy of yesterday or whatever, anything, you fucking lunatics. <laughs> and with that, we end the nerd news. Holy shit. Bit of a gag. But now we get to do what Addy lovingly refers to in the episode roundup that he sends me as the meat and potatoes of the show. <laughs> And we get to talk about the X-Men. And we've been wanting to do it since day one. Uh, The X-Men mean an awful lot to both of us. Uh, They're a wonderful, fervent metaphor for, uh, you know, uh, change and for the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, For anybody who's ever felt different or out, out, um, uh, not outclassed, Emily said then, um, you know, as an outsider, even just a teenager, just a person trying to figure it all out. Um, they really are wonderful. And we're going to talk about, in this episode, the, the first three movies. So, the, the original trilogy, uh, X-Men, X2, uh, X-United, and uh, X-Men, The Last Stand. Um, we're not going to talk too much about the directors of these pictures because they're both fucking monsters. And we're going we're gonna to just ignore that part of it and talk about these movies and what they meant to us. So, Addy, let's start with you, my friend. Do, now, we've talked about this. Do you, do you more... Uh, sort of. Do you have a stronger bond with the cartoon? Kind of. I've for- okay. I've forgotten most of it because I was really really small when I watched it. Yeah. So I've gone back and watched like a couple of episodes when Multiverse of Madness was coming out, and uh, I had no idea they were going to play that theme in the film. And when, and no, when they did, did, I think I think I say in the podcast when we recorded that I fucking screamed. Because that was the biggest surprise for me. Like, fuck, fuck, uh, don't fuck him, man. No, don't fuck uh, anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fuck some people if you want to, but like, you know, as long as it's consensual. Yeah. Just, yeah, that got me more than Fantastic, uh, the Mr. Fantastic coming on. Yeah, me too. And, and I'm, you know, I knew what the X-Men was from comics because I was... I grew up when X-Men exploded in the 90s when Jim Lee and, and Chris Claremont were doing their run on, on I think it was Chris Claremont, but Jim Lee, like superstar artist on X-Men. It was the highest selling comic of all time and, and, and it just, yeah, blew everybody's head. And, 
you know, the X-Men itself was outselling everything in the 80s. Uh, the Uncanny X-Men was outselling even Batman. And, uh, you know, it does because it does have an audience that is... I mean, Batman's a very particular person. He's a fucking white billionaire whose parents were killed and he become a bat. And that's fine. Superman come from another planet. He's an alien person who saved the day. The X-Men are all these different people, all with their individual powers, which are in themselves metaphors for things that we go through. You know, what can be more powerful than, uh, you know, a metaphor about someone who who can't turn off the voices in their head? Um, you know, when you're a teenager, that's all it is. Who am I? Why am I here? Why don't I fit, why don't I fit in? Why do I fit in? You know, just those those kind of things or yeah, the way your body changes that strange kind of like body horror stuff when you're a teenager like all of a start your voice drops if you're a man you know if you're a girl you start becoming a girl woman and then you become a woman and it's all these different things and, and if you're a man and sometimes you might discover an alternate sexuality as well which is a whole nother thing and then the x-men were a school as well they were all teenagers when they first started um and and i think the one of the best things i ever heard was you know about uh wolverine was what happens when you realize you're not aging like think of that moment where all of a sudden you realize you've been on the planet for 50 years and you still look 25 um you know what what does this what does this mean what does this do to you and uh, yeah, the, the comics were really, really uh, heavy with that kind of metaphor. And that's the way Stan wanted it when he created it with Jack Kirby. And um, and then, you know, the cartoon, I, I knew a lot because it was always on in the afternoon and in the morning uh, uh, when I was, you know, leaving for school and coming home from school. That theme song, fucking is outstanding. It was my ringtone for years. But in the year... Was it 99 or 2000? It was the year 2000. So it was two years after Blade, which was the film that Marvel, you know, really hit stride with them. Like, oh shit, this is this is an interesting place to make some money. And then you had a flurry of stuff. Um, Wesley Snaps. Uh, and then X-Men comes out and no one was ready for it. It, it has a, a troublesome third act because it all kind of... You know, all this, all the preamble, the lead up to it is is really great. And then you've got this kind of clunky third act, but that happens in a lot of yeah. movies. Well, it's also an amazing film that's under 90 minutes. Yeah, it's like, which is fucking unheard of now. <laughs> right. like, to have a movie under 90 minutes, people are like, no, I'm not going to watch it then. Um, yeah, so, and it, and it sets everybody up, you know, it, the fan casting of uh, Patrick Stewart, like in Wizard Magazine, the old school Wizard Magazine, they would have like, you know, fan casting of a movie. And he was always number one for who should be uh, Professor Xavier. And um, it just, it, 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 it spoke to everything that, that needed to be the X-Men, but also spoke to uh, what it needed to be for a new millennium. You know, there's that silly line in the film where he says, you know, how do you how do you get around in these things when Wolverine's in the costume? And he's like, what would you rather be in yellow spandex? <laughs> Fuck <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Fuck you, Cyclops, you sassy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and the other interesting thing about it is, I mean, who doesn't know the name Hugh Jackman anymore? This dude was performing in Oklahoma. On stage at the time, he's a song and dance man. He's also six foot two or six foot four or something. Like Wolverine wasn't that. The guy who was cast was an Irish actor named Doug Ray Scott. 
and he was um, in uh, uh, the second Mission Impossible movie. And if I'm not mistaken, he injured his shoulder and couldn't couldn't get like make the make the start date. So they they got they got Hugh in. And now I mean, we'll get to Logan in the third episode. But from from that from year two thousand to Logan, I mean, what what an incredible run. Uh, and now coming back for Deadpool as well, like the, it gave us the Wolverine we all know. Um, when did you first see the first picture, the first film, and, and how did you feel about it? So, here's the thing. I didn't. I don't watch the first one. And there's something that I did a lot, and I st- I was, I've started realizing it now that I did a lot of just picking up shit and watching it. Because <laughs> I watched, I watched like, the, the fifth Harry Potter film before I watched the first one. <laughs> That's a weird order, but sure. So I watched it. for X Men. It kind of works, but for those films, it does not. They have a real continuity, whereas the X films, you know, the, the, these original three, you can watch one or the other, and you're still going to get it. Yeah, I watched. I watched X two, then I watched X three, and then I watched X Men. <laughs> okay, that's an interesting. Well, X two is, you know, we'll get to that in a second, but that is that is the standout of the trilogy. It is it is such a well put together picture. It has the best sequences. It's the best. It's the most well written. Like I like David Hyder, um, or Hater, the H A Y T E R. You figure out how to say it. Um, he was the writer on on that project, um, and uh, he's great and everything. But the two young guys who would then go with the director to make Superman Returns, um, uh, uh, they wrote the shit out of that script. It was it was really great. Uh, yeah. Who, like, um, I want to ask, like, who, who was your favorite, like, your your favorite standout of the, just the first one? Like, someone you didn't expect who nailed the character? Um, I, I mean, he's not really given a whole lot to do, but I think fucking um, James Marsden's great. I think he is, he's just the right amount of uh, uh, um, sort of prissy... Uh, teacher's pet kind of dude with like this real green jealousy streak running through him of this alpha male who turns up and he's all beard and claws and he's trying to boff his woman like he's great the, the problem with the cyclops in all of those movies i mean the first one he gets a little bit more play but in the second and the third one they have no idea what to do with him he's like hawkeye they just they they kind of they're like hey there he is but i think he was great like he was surprisingly good because in the cartoon he's such a boy scout um but in the comics, uh, you know, at some point um, after House of M, Cyclops turns and and he starts to believe what Magneto believed and was like, we need to find all the mutants that are left and the new ones who are coming out and we need to join together. We need to fucking, you know, take this shit over so much so that he gets taken over by the Phoenix power and, and, and you know, kills a bunch of people. Like he, he he's one bad day and you get that in the third picture, um, except it doesn't come to fruition. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that's the case. Why? Who who stuck out for you? Oh, um, a rogue. I did not expect to write like a rogue as much as I did. Mm. And because of the first X Men movie, she's she's my favorite X Men. I never had an oh, answer. Really? I never ever had an answer for that question. Who's your favorite X Men? And I do. It's a rogue, and I love her. I think we could have used the Southern Bell accent on uh, Anna Paquin, <laughs> but uh, that's just me. You know how in, in the the um, the cartoon she's talking like this, and oh, I'm just a Southern Bell. I'm gonna have intercourse with that Cajun dude, and he's like, "Olay." That's not Cajun. What am I saying? Olay. Hang on. What does he say? 
Okay. Cause her share all the time, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I, she she's like Anna Pack was a great actress, so she's always going to excel in in whatever you give her. Um, and that power as well, and when she discovers that power, I think that's the you know a, a lot about you know discovering your sexuality as a, as, as a young person, discovering your sexual identity, you know, and how you want to be, whether you're straight or not. Um, but also the dangers therein, you're always, it's drilled into your head, you know, sex is bad, sex is, is you know, you can get pregnant, you can get venereal disease, you can get hurt, um, someone can take it from you, like it's, there's this danger around it when you're a young person. Um, and also it's, it's you know, about re- religiosity as well, about religions that, that preach abstinence until marriage and um, how that that's kind of, that's the thing to do. So she is probably, uh, along with Jane and Xavier, you know, being being uh, telepaths, the people who who kind of feel or fill that metaphor out for the for the entirety of the X Men more than anyone else. Yeah, just I know there's a lot of like fan art shit with Rogue and Logan, and I know that like there was a point where Logan and Rogue were supposed to hook up. I don't see that relationship as anything else than a than a very very platonic uh, friendship. And it works, and I, I don't know. It might just be me because I love platonic, platonic relationships more than uh, romantic ones. But it it works so well for me. Like it was, mm. it was something that I needed, and it, it just it gave it all, and loved it. I loved it so much. And it's it's not something that dies down in the first one. Like it's it's carried on to the till the third one. Yeah, very much. When she's trying to decide whether or not she wants to get the cure. Um, which is the interesting part of that movie is is offering the cure, and um, and he says, you know, I'm not your father, I'm your friend. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just going to, you know, support you or, or tell you what I think you should do, but you don't have to listen to me. Um, yeah, they, they they played it really well. And if they had a if they had a made that a love story, like get fucked. <laughs> I'm sorry, Anna Paquin's like my age, and Hugh Jackman's like fifty something. Like that's that would have been weird at that particular time. Maybe not so more anymore. I don't know. I think it would have been more weird now. Yeah, yeah, probably. But I think I think um, you know, Rogue was given you know more agency in X two in the sequel because um, she was with Bobby, she was with Iceman, uh, and trying to navigate what that is, uh, and they even having some intimate moments. And then they went too far. The next one, they were like, "Well, she's now she's just being cruel to him about it." Like he knows the rules, and she knows the rules. Why is he? She's like, "Oh, you're only thinking of one thing." It's like, hang on a fucking second. Like I've stood beside you through these issues. I don't care if you get the cure or not. I'm going to love you either way. Um, I will say, you know, the first one's well executed. There's a really great. I mean, you've got to you've got to contend with the fact that there's a certain person on camera who is is. You know, we're, we're talking about the director of this film, um, you know, who has uh, some allegations have been made and uh, we're not, like I said, we're not going to talk about it. But if you can get over the fact that, that that person will be in some behind the scenes footage, a DVD was released and you can probably find it on YouTube or something called uh, X-Men 1.5 or something. It was released to coincide with with um, the DVD release of X2. And it, they're on it. There is nearly a three-hour-long documentary of the making of the first one, and it's one of the best, like behind the scenes. It's so raw and so, you know, so much so that you see the special effects coordinator falling asleep at one of the meetings. Like it's just, it is step by step how they made that movie, um, and it's really, 
yeah, it's it, it's it's worth a look just to, to an insight into how they used to do these things because this was when they weren't given a lot of budget, they weren't given a lot of time, um, you know, they weren't superhero stuff wasn't a sure thing yet. This was second out of the gate, um, you know. So I think even Spider Man hadn't come out yet. I think it's an interesting look back at, at, at the way these films were produced. In, in in also in the way that the X Men movie now is, you know, Ryan Reynolds has said it. Fox calls it, or they did when Fox had it, but Fox used to call the X Men movies cha-ching because that's that's what it did for him, made him big bucks. But it wasn't until after the first one that that happened. Um, X Two is is a much better executed film. Um, its set pieces are some of the best action set pieces you'll ever see. The opening uh, 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 attack on the White House of Nightcrawler is absolutely amazing how good is it man like it still holds up so well and the effect of him banthing as well um and and you know just the way that 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 sequence is shot and to have it be um you know these 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 brainwashed mutants these slaves who are being used by slaves is a term they use as well it's not me using the term slaves um being used by striker fantastically played um, by Brian Cox. Just so great. <laughs> There's nothing that way for you, Wolverine! Like, just, he's so intense. Um, it's so great to start this this underground war, you know, this, like, you know, do we really want to turn this, when the, when the, the, the senator who's actually uh, uh, Mystique in disguise, do we really want to turn this into a war? And he's like, um, don't talk to me about war. I was in, you know, the jungles of uh, Vietnam while you were sucking on your mama's tit Woodstock. Don't talk to me about war. This already is a war. Like he's so hateful. Um, he's such a, 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 um, a racist and, and to use the, the race that he's, uh, 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 um, fighting against to use them against their own people is, is yeah. What, what a powerful, uh, what a powerful villain, you know? Yeah. I, I wasn't sure. Like, I wasn't sure how much I liked X two, but yeah, that 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 part and that whole character of Striker, it's I I love to hate him, if that makes any sense. Yeah, he's also um, like he's a villain who isn't a physical threat to anybody. You know, in the in the first one, you know, you get that great scene in in the first film where um, Magneto makes all the cops' guns turn on him. <laughs> like he is yeah it's powerful and then you see just the bullet like going sort of halfway in until you know Charles stops um and you know their relationship in particular is great throughout these pictures um you know Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart they're amazing as 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 less are they as less are they in those three films they're amazing every scene they're in together yeah yeah they're they're they make it so much more than it could have been. Um, they give it real, real uh, gravitas. But you know, in, in like I said, in the second one, there's no real physical threat there. It, it, it's uh, you know, it's all circumstance. And then each other, um, you know, fighting Lady Deathstroke, fighting Cyclops at the end after he's been brainwashed and you know sidelined a bit. Um, you know, the, the 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 glass prison kind of. You should have killed me when you had the chance. Like it's such a fucking great film outside of it being, you know, based on a comic book. Absolutely. And that's the thing that, that I took away the most out of these three. Because I don't hate the third one. I just like Dark Phoenix more than this one. If And I know a lot of people are going to hate that. 
I'm, I'm, I'm with you as well. I think the third is, is uh, it suffers what a lot of um, uh, genre picture sequels suffer from. It's just too much. They just tried to put too much in too soon. And that makes sense because the guy who directed it is all about excess. Look at the size of the fucker. Um, you know, uh, uh, sorry. I mean, I don't mean like his actual size. I mean, his, his, the weight that he holds or the weight that he held in Hollywood at the time. Um, sorry if that was, I wasn't body shaming him. Um, it's a bit misunderstanding there. But yeah, if you look at that, that director, he, um, you know, he's all about excess. You know, he directed the Rush Hour pictures. And, you know, even his Red Dragon was so much bigger than, than Silence of the Lambs had been. Um, but I think the, the, what, what X2 has is is real through line. There's a tidiness to it. Gene starts to develop these powers or has developed these powers and they're starting to get out of control. And then by the end of it, you kind of see where it's going. Like the fight at Alkali Lake is is incredible where, you know, they've got their own Cerebro made um, and then Magneto warps it so it becomes Dark Cerebro and then starts to kill all the people and all that stuff. And then Logan who is on a constant search for self, uh, for who he is, um, like de- like deciding to stay with the, the children, like deciding to stay with the X-Men. Um, you know, is it that, that, that thing in your arms and he picks him up and he's like, yeah, that's right, I'm one of these guys, you know. Um, that, the, the character through lines are so clear. And um, Nightcrawl is interesting too because um, he is a, a originally a threat um, and then when he's, uh, uh, by the time you get to the end of it, he is sage to them. He is the, the, the night crawler that he should be. It's, you know, after Jean has passed away and he's doing the, the prayer, um, you know, which is fine. It's, it's, it's all good. It's, he is that, you know, historically that's what he is, but, um, yeah, it's just got, it executes everything so well from start to finish and it has great structure. And I, I, I think X2 is one of the best superhero movies ever made. And I agree. I don't like it as much as the first one, but I do agree that it's one of the best superhero movies ever made because it puts you in the shoes of the X-Men. It puts you in the shoes of when... <laughs> I'll never get over <laughs> how... Like, all this shit is happening, right? And they're trying to they're trying to disconnect Charles from literally every single person in the world. And you... <laughs> And you cut to Rogue trying to fly at the Blackbird, and the X Men theme plays. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an interesting turn for her trying to t- like. I my powers don't really work in this scenario, so I'm just going to try and fly this plane. I think that's kind of her cross to bear. Um, it's. I think the 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 thing that X Two for me has over the first one is that they knew what they were doing. Like, there's no origin films are hard to set everybody up, particularly when it's a team, and you have to have people understand what a mutant is for starters, um, which isn't an easy conversation. Yeah, you know, just go. Oh, by the way, this is what a mutant is. It needs to be like, why do they all have different powers? Why don't they all have the same power? Why are so many of them blue? This is weird. Um, <laughs> it's true. There's a lot of them blue. Um, I think without that that sort of weight of, of story development and being able to just like, boom, get in, this is the next adventure. And by the way, the villain is a human and we are all getting together. Like there's that great scene on the plane where, you know, fucking sassy as Magneto's talking oh, to, to Mystique. And they're like, this rogue's like, what? And he goes, love what you've done with your hair. And she's like, I'm going to fucking come over there and take all the old off you, you prick. Like, it's just... And and uh, the, the sort of discourse between um, Pyro and Bobby 
kind of building there and then him realizing at the end of it that you know they fly off when he's on the ground and he's like no i'm one of these guys i i, I think where you know you have that scene at bobby's house after his horrible parents are like yeah say to him say to him have you tried not being a mutant like you know i've never had to come out to my parents but i can't imagine that that you know that kind of conversation hasn't happened around you know being gay or, or being trans or being you know any any sort of uh, uh, sexual minority um that isn't isn't like that conversation and when the police turn up and and you know they shoot logan in the head and everyone's like oh christ and pyra's like you know all those dangerous mutants you've heard about i'm the worst one and he just starts taking these guys out and blowing up cars like that's that's a really great because not everyone can be a good guy not everyone is going to be, be that person and you never know until you're tested and yeah. the kid got tested and <laughs> i'm sorry it's a very serious conversation like it's the one thing i really love about that scene is like the bobby's parents ask logan what like what does he teach and he says art like in the most fucking yeah. <laughs> badass way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> professor of what <laughs> and the little cat who licks his who licks his thing and imagine going to a kid's house and like oh that's that's actually one of my favorite parts when he walks into the the um the kitchen and uh bobby's in there eating ice cream and uh he's like you know couldn't sleep he's like nah and he goes you got any beer and he's like this is a school <laughs> that scene as well where strikers dudes attack oh you know that's that's the one that gave me chills like the first yeah. time oh god where like wolverine goes full like where he slams that guy against the fridge and puts both of his blades through the guy's you know chest he's like ah, like you're like, oh this is what it is and also you know hugh was cast late like the shirtless scenes that he did in the um the fight club yeah, in the first were... film were shot last yeah because he couldn't he wasn't in that physical condition in the second one he's getting towards that insane shit that he got like it's a little bit more human than he ends up in like days of future past but um he, that's that's when he looks like okay this is this guy is formidable he said he wanted to look like um robert de niro and cape fear like he just wanted to look like a, a, just a monster um and yeah that sequence and then where he he sees striker and then the wall of ice comes up and he's like no yeah. like that's all the answers are behind that you know um and then in the end he rejects those answers after you know brian cox is stuck to that tree um yeah it's it's such a good f- film and and you know it, that's the one i go back to more often than any of them um that and days of future past but um it does lead us into talking about X3 or X The Last Stand or X-Men The Last Stand. I do want to point out... Sorry, did you have something? I do want to point out one thing. Is uh, Yeah, go for it. Like, a lot of the newer X-Men films with James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender do that. Mm. But um, you don't you don't really find it in the in the, in the the old ones. Old ones in air quotes. Um, but... Well, they're 20 years. They're over 20 years old. Yeah. It's totally fine. Um... But yeah, the the thing that I'm talking about is that X Men as X Men as a superhero team or crime fighting team does not really exist to the students. Like the students are there, and then there's mm. this underground secret fucking fight club that they have with all these yeah. all with all these teachers. Yeah. And uh, Logan's the only one that's protecting like uh, Rogue and Bobby and and Pyro, and they go and they find shelter in in. Uh, Bobby's house and all that happens and 
since Bobby's brother calls the police. Mm. And it's when the police shoots uh, Logan. And Pyro doesn't know that Logan has uh, regeneration powers. No. So so when he Logan goes down, Pyro's like, fuck this. Yeah. This this is where I draw the line. And and that's why I love his turn. Because he doesn't do like Pyro doesn't do much in, in the third one. But his turn is sold so well because then they like the mutants are the are the people that are, that are getting they're getting hated on and they're they're treated like they're treated like people who are just so inhumane. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're treated like animals, and, and 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 which is which is wrong because animals should have the same rights that we do. But I, I mean, in in people's heads, they're treated like second class citizens. Like they're not, they don't, their lives aren't as worthwhile as human beings. Absolutely, and it's it was it's that one scene that really gets me because it's like he's been trying so hard to be a part of this this cause of, of being good. But when you see all that shit happen happen to people that 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 are with you, that your friends, you you lose it, and and it's 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 very well set up, and that and I I love how they did that. Yeah, it's really uh, well, kind of. It, you know where everybody stands, um, and and by the end of the picture, um, and and that it's okay for people to kind of make the wrong choice as well. Like Pyro's, he, he he's he's wrong in the sense of he's doing the wrong thing, but Magneto has a point. Uh, they, they they are superior beings. They shouldn't rule, but they should find a way to be able to acclimate in at the very least, which is what you know Xavier is talking about. But that leads into, like I said before, into the third picture, the Last Stand, which is about the cure. They've they've developed a cure, which is a really interesting place to go with this story. And it's the most interesting thing about the film because the execution isn't fantastic around it. It's all like, what's the cool new power now? Like all that guff. What it should be is is talking about what a mutant like beast played wonderfully by Kelsey Grammer, or at least voice cast well with Kelsey Grammer. Um, what someone like beast has to go through and what someone like rogue has to go to, as opposed to someone like storm or whatever, um, you know, they to be normal or to be not normal, but to be human and not have powers and, and, and not have these, these so-called deformities, uh, because of your mutant traits, uh, what is that? How do you make that decision for yourself? Do you make it for yourself? Do you make it for other people? Rogue, is she making that decision because she she thinks Bobby wants her to do it? In the end, it is what she wants. Um, you know, uh, there's a great scene where um, the after Magneto attacks the um, uh, the uh, transport, the prisoner transport to get Mystique. Um, and they've <clears throat> and they've used the 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 guns, the cure guns, and Hank McCoy resigns from being the, the whatever he is, whatever he's, you know, head of mutant affairs. And he says, you know, to the president, the, the decision to um, weaponize the cure was made without me. So how can I affect policy if, if, if you know, uh, I can't, um, I don't have all the information, which is something that politicians deal with all the time, especially when they have, um, you know, causes that, that, that are, are divisive like this. And the other part of that, that that really interests me is when um, Mystique is cured and Magneto's like, you're not one of us anymore. Yeah. Uh, like, he's a racist too, just on the just other extreme. Just on the other, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and, and, and it becomes his picture again. Like he, he kind of takes over, which is cool. You know, you get the introduction of some new villains, which are kind of whatever. And you get some new heroes as well. Angel, for instance, who is a character I always loved. I like the idea of having wings. That's a great, you know, metaphor for the little boy in the, in the, in the, in the bathroom, oh, man. hiding his deformities and from his parents. Like, yeah, that's really, and then his dad being like, no, we're going to surgically remove these from you and knowing full well, they'd grow back. Yeah, Angel is a very interesting character because I've always loved to see him. But he doesn't get much to do every time I see he's him. He's nothing, yeah. He gets an intro and then he turns up at the school and he's like, I heard this was a place where mutants were safe. And, and you know, you want to talk about power in this movie. I know it's silly and I know it's probably the wrong move and in the end it didn't matter anyway, but killing Xavier, uh, having, having Jean kill xavier and and have you know uh uh after that happens have magneto and pyro talking and pyro's like i would have killed him years ago if you'd have told me and he's like charles xavier did more for our cause than you could ever possibly imagine you know he, he show some fucking respect you little punk um and but to see uh the result you know the house gets torn down xavier gets turned into mints and um and then to see uh, uh, uh storm and wolverine react to that it, like I tear up every time, um, you know, what more, what more do these people have to suffer? Like what, how further do they have to go? You know? And then it becomes, all right, hold this line is the, is the line that Wolverine says when they're on, um, you know, uh, the, the Island, which is, I think it's, um, it's Alcatraz. Uh, and, um, they're like, you know, we're not going to let people get past. We're not going to let people get in here and kill this child who, whose only, only crime is that he was born with the ability to nullify people's ability to other people's abilities. Temporarily. Temporarily, yes. But they're like, he, he, that can be weaponized and, 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 you know, can, can take people's powers. And that's, that's a really interesting story. I just think that it was, you know, being the director, the way that he was, the Hollywood kind of, you know, blockbuster kind of thing i don't think he had the sensibilities and for whatever you think of the director of the first two pictures he is a um not a straight person i think he i think he's gay as i understand if i'm wrong i'm sorry maybe he's he's um you know bisexual or maybe he's pansexual i don't know but you know he, he understood some of this stuff a little bit better than maybe the director of the of the third picture did it was very glossy um, it was a little slap together. It was going from set piece to set piece. Like the worst thing you can do is, is have your screenplay leapfrog from event to event with no thread, with no reasoning for it. Um, you know, Wolverine turns up in that, in the woods to, to, to find Gene and ends up getting to a punch on with people that has no consequences. He just gets, you know, his ass handed to him by Magneto and then Magneto just leaves him. Like, well, that's not what would happen. Like you would, you would, he would cure him if anything else and be like, well, I don't want you to be a threat anymore. Yeah. The, the cure thing is very interesting because it's, it also coincides with one of the, one of the biggest and greatest X-Men stories ever told, which is the Phoenix saga. Yeah. And I'm fucking fed up with people especially directors giving the Phoenix saga one film. It's a saga. Mm. It really is. It's three films 
Minimum. Minimum. <laughs> it's the first one where she gets the power. It's the second one she fucks everything up. And the third one is after she's destroyed a planet, she goes on trial. Uh, you know, but the, the Shi'ai uh, gets her. Not the Shi'ai. The Shi'ar? S-H-I apostrophe R-A, I think it is. They put her on trial for destroying Shira? a planet. Is it Shira? I, Shiri? I, I think it's Shia. I'm thinking. I'm trying to remember from because the, the the cartoon did it. The cartoon it was nearly an entire season was was the Phoenix Saga. I think it's the second season of that show. A lot of it's Phoenix Saga. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe next episode we'll we'll uh, confirm. We'll come back to that yeah. when we talk about it. Yeah, episode three, and and also you know they 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 did do it um in a in a roundabout way in the in the last two films of the um of the of the the new trilogy or the new quadrilogy. Um, yeah. you know in the crossover but we get to that we're on number three I, I'm, I'm fine with it I went and saw it uh, uh, like at a big cinema and I had a really good time but it just it doesn't get me the way that the second one does it doesn't make me feel the characters it doesn't make me feel the threat um, in the same fashion it's just kind of like it's very consumable the way that they those comic book movies had started to become because you had X-Men, you'd had, uh, uh, you know, um, Daredevil, you'd have the Hulk. Like, they were kind of just getting pumped out the way that they are now. You know, Iron Man does really great. Marvel gets a hit run and everybody follows suit. And now it's it's, it's an awesome. ocean of this shit. Yeah. You can't, yeah, you can't see the forest and the trees. And that's what it was like then until, you know, there was a bit of a lull. Um, and then, and then uh, as I said, Iron Man came out. But... You you said you you like the third one. Is there something in particular that speaks to you? Or I oh, know I said I like the first one the yes. most. I like I like uh, Dark Phoenix, which is the fourth one in the in the new films. In the new trilogy, more, yeah. More okay, than so the last we, will, we will come back to that. Yeah, but, but if you had to rank the the three originals, is it is it one two three or is it one three two or how does it go? It is it is one two three. It is one, two, three. See, that's that's interesting because that's like the, the thing that sequels do, the diminishing returns, even though I, I believe X2 is the superior sequel. I go two, 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 and the other <laughs> one's on it. Two, one. Oh, sorry, I knocked the mic. Two, one, three um, is, is, is my ranking for those films. Yeah. I think they're great. Um, they gave us so much. I, as You can go back to them. They don't age too much the first one maybe a little bit but the, the story is 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 forever you know it's why the x-men have been popular for the better part of 60 years these things mean stuff to people and we'll get into a little bit more of that um when we talk about them sort of in a broader fashion in episode three after we've <clears throat> gone through the movies because this is a film addicts podcast not just an x-men podcast um but yeah so tell us what you think come back to us about the X-Men. What are your favourites? How do you rank them? Do you go one, one, one? Who knows? Um, who are your favourite characters? Why do you like them so much? Has it spoken to you in a way? Has it helped you find something within yourself maybe you didn't know was there? Did you feel... Did you gain strength from these characters being able to, uh, you know, be who they are regardless of whatever flaws they either see in themselves or that society sees in them? Um, I know it's meant a lot to me, especially when I was a teenager. Um, you know, I was a little guy. Uh, I was short and I was chubby and, you know, I hit puberty late uh, and I was also, I was a, raised by women, like my, my, raised by my, my mum and my sister and I had like 13 female cousins. Uh, so not a lot of male influences around me, but it made me 
like it was really easy for me to talk to women. So I could talk to girls really early, but not like in a way that I was, you know, hitting on them or trying to get them in the sack or anything like that. I was just talking to people, but it was never that thing of like guys got shy around girls or they got like, you know, alpha males and beat their chest. And guys used to give me shit for that. Um, you know, that was sort of like the, that was the thing. Like, oh, you a lot of gay slurs and all that stuff. Um, when really they were just envious because they didn't know how to do it. They didn't know how to talk to girls as if they were the same fucking species. So looking at the X-Men, like I know what it was like to be, to be teased and be, um, thought of as different. And, um, and then I just came to, to terms with who I was as a person and, and these, these stories, these metaphors, whether it was X-Men or Spider-Man or, or any of these things, these moral tales that we get um, through these things, uh, you know, they really help me. And we have some we have some interesting roundups that we have to do. We do, yeah. We're going to do like our best, our best moments, our stuff, our things. Yeah, uh, so we have top three favorite moments and top three favorite lines. What do you want to go first? Well, I've kind of done it in terms of the each film. Oh, okay. So I've got one for each film. So I've got favorite line and um uh, uh, uh and favorite moment uh, for each film. Sure, let's go. Okay, well for X X, how are we doing it? Do we want to do? <laughs> do we want to go like you do one, then I do one, or do you want to go like are yours in line from the movies, or how how do yours work? I can do mine in line with with the movies also. Well, let's do that. Let's go because then it's easier to break down. Yeah. So we go X1. So X-Men 2000. Um, My favorite moment is uh, where um, they're in the Rogue and Wolverine are in the car. This is kind of a favorite line as well, but they're in the car and she looks at his knuckles after seeing him fight off those dudes with the blades. And she says, um, does it hurt when they come out? And he says, every time. Like, I love the idea that this guy's you know, abilities are painful to handle, are painful to deal with. Um, yeah, that's incredible. What's your favorite yeah. moment? It's it's really hard. And I I, I fought myself because I, I really, really, really wanted to put the evolution speech. That's that's before anything else starts. Ah, uh, sure. Yep, yep. But um, my... I don't know. My favorite line is the Wolverine. I don't know. It just is. <laughs> the Wolverine. Yeah, and you're like, oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And uh, um, yeah. Does that work? Does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Like the, yeah okay. X2 then. Yeah. X2. Um, my favorite moment. Uh, well, my favorite line. Yeah, I'll do that first. Is um, when you see Mystique and Nightcrawler together. She's standing in the in the forest and he comes up behind her and he's like you can change your shape you know why do and the funny thing is in the comics their father and uh, their um mother and son yeah yeah which is interesting and it was like well no, that can't be the case but if mystique can change her look she can look younger like you know rebecca ramone stamos or whatever her name was um but anyway that's beside the point he comes up and says why don't you just look like them all the time and she says because we shouldn't have to um, and that's her whole argument. You know, she hasn't been brainwashed by Magneto. Um, she's certainly dependent on him, but that is her own decision. She has been like this. She has been, she has had those powers for this long. Um, and, and that is, yeah, very much uh, her, her experience of being a mutant. So I love that. Um, and the, uh, my favorite moment 
is after Jean holds back the water so that the, the blackbird can take off and the water collapses on her and Wolverine starts crying and says she's gone and Cyclops grabs him and, and he's like, no, don't say that. You don't say that. And then he just collapses and these two rivals hold each other and Wolverine just says, she's gone. It it, it, it like I'm th- thinking about it now. I'm tearing up. Like it still gets me every time. Um, yeah, really, really powerful. Oh, so you hoping this wasn't the episode where we collide in picking up favorite moments? That's that's the one I was I was gonna pick for the second one. Of course it is. Like what else? Of course. Um, I do have one very big gripe with X two though that I just remembered. Uh oh. Uh oh. It's the whole franchise, but Jesus Christ, man. They have Jubilee show up in, in like two instances and they don't call her Jubilee. Like it's it's, it's Yeah, they don't. It's yeah. so intentional because when, when Storm is trying to rescue the mutants in uh in the cage that they're put in, she clearly says Jubilee, but the title say Ju like the subtitles say Julie, and I'm like, why? Mm. Just do it. If you're gonna do it, do it. Like fucking commit, man. Cause because in the first one there's this girl who who dresses exactly like her. And like, she says something to Charles Xavier that we never get to get to see because it's cut off. Yeah. And that's, that's also the scene where, <clears throat> um, you know, one of his classes is letting out and, um, fucking Kitty Pride runs through a wall. Yeah. Oh my God. And Wolverine's like, what the fuck? And it's not, obviously it's not, um, uh, uh, it's not um, Elliot Page. Elliot, thank you. I, I was trying to remember um, the, the, the like uh, their name, but all I could think of was Juno. <laughs> was their name again? Yeah, Elliot Page. Um, you know, which is who was cast for the third film. Um, yeah, so you're right though. Jubilee's huge in the comic, in the in the um, not the comics, in the TV show. She is she is who you follow. She's who um, you know you first see, and and who's the the person who gets brought into the X Men when the Sentinels attack. Oh, that's another thing about the third film. Oh yeah, it starts off like uh, Days of Future Past, a total fake out. Yeah, exactly. And then there ends up in there the fucking danger room, like you sons of bitches, <laughs> teasing the danger room. Um, but yeah, okay. So what was your? Did you do your X two ones? Uh, no, I did my favorite moment, right? Yeah. My favorite line... Excuse me. Fuck. I don't want to do this, but my favorite line is also in that scene where it's, it's Charles channeling Jean and saying goodbye to uh, Cyclops. Yeah. <laughs> These films, man. I'm going to go and cry These and hug my movies. kids. I know, man. They're powerful and they're good actors as well. Like they're good actors, and it's it's uh, makes so, all the difference. It's so great because I I'm I'm sorry to cut you off. No, that's fine. I just wanted to point out one thing that I I really loved about X two. Is that we start off we start I think it's the first one where we start off with the speech of evolution, right? Yep. And then that speech is repeated at the end of X two, but by Jean Grey, who yes who yeah, then correct. becomes yeah. her. I know. I lost the word. Oh no. Well, you see the um, you know, you see the phoenix. Yeah, you see the phoenix water yeah. kind of thing, and, and it turns out she's cocooned herself in that, and then she comes out and she's total dick crazy. Um, 
You know that scene where she's like trying to trying to get Wolverine to 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 get busy, yeah. and, he, and I'm like, dude, she's clearly insane. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, I know you you're really keen on everything, but my dude, my dude, she's telepathically opening your belt. Let's not, let's, you know, not telepathically. She's doing it with the um uh, what is it? What is it when you can move things with your mind? Instead of telekinesis, telekinesis, yeah, can telekinesis to take your belt off. Like that's a bold move, you know. Like I'm all for you know sexually liberated people, but she's she's reading is insane right now, <laughs> yeah. pal. So just maybe maybe make a better choice. Also, it is um that just reminded me. There's this scene, in, I think it's an X. Is it next two? Where, um, yeah, I think it's right after the Nightcrawler and Mystique scene where Mystique goes into uh, Logan's tent as Jean. Yep. <laughs> and then she, yep. and she's like, let's get busy. And then she turns into somebody else. She turns into Storm. And then she turns... turns into, and then Rogue. And then Rogue. And when it was Rogue, I was like, oh, fuck no, please. That's gross. That is gross. Jesus Christ. I think Wolverine's other power is that he's got a fucking magic dick. Everybody wants a portion. <laughs> oh, everybody wants a portion. I'll tell you. Oh, man. <laughs> Wolverine colon everyone wants a portion. That should be the new one if they do, they do a reboot. Um, he's hoping. X3? Yeah, okay. Go on. <laughs> no, he is hoping. He's, <laughs> he's hoping Deadpool makes a joke about his magic dick in Deadpool oh, 3. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm going to have a three-way with a brony. Um, Don't give me hope, man. <laughs> <laughs> well actually uh, um hugh jackman was being interviewed the other day and he sort of accidentally let it slip that it involves time travel yeah. but i'm like of course it does yeah. the second one the second picture did he's got the time thing so um cool so x3 um my favorite line is is uh, cyclops at the start where he's like talking to wolverine and and you know cyclops hasn't hasn't been able to do anything because he's so distraught from losing gene and um and Wolverine's like, come on, man. Like, you've got responsibilities. You're a teacher. And he says, um, not everyone heals as fast as you. And I like, I love that line because it's not only a dig at I'm, I cared about her more. That's why I, that's why I still hurt. Um, but you're also like, your powers are the problem too. Like you, you, you don't care about her because, you know, in a hundred years, you're still going to be alive and it doesn't matter. Um, I love that. And my favorite part is where Magneto moves the entire Golden Gate Bridge and fuck everybody. That's a, that's terrorism. That is, that is mutant terrorism. And, um, it's a, it's a baller move. Uh, not that I'm siding with terrorists, but just that he would, he would do that. You know what I mean? Like, he's just like, this is how powerful I am. Don't fuck around. Yeah. And it's- that, or maybe at the end where he's lost all his powers, but you just see yeah. the little. Oh, the that was so good! That was so good. Yeah, I'm man. sorry. And then it goes straight to the credits, and that great John Ottman score score comes up. Yeah, John Ottman as well. Like the the um the editor on these pictures, he's also the composer. I think he did this did the score for the second one and edited the second one. I'm not sure if he yeah, because that I think he just edited the first one. Yeah, I think that score is not that score is not in the first one. And it was no, in the second no. one. And I was like, huh. That's the that's yeah. the theme for the for the new X Men films, and then I watch those and I'm like, no, that's the theme from the old X Men films. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a really good uh, it's it's kind of iconic if you if you let it seep in. It's one of those real simple chord progressions. Um, yeah, what are your X three businesses? <laughs> My X three businesses. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I also do want to talk a bit a bit about just how Magneto turns on Mystique. 
because she's done mm. everything for him. Yeah. And he, and he leaves her, and he, it shows how, how how far gone he is. Like it's he he used her. He, oh, absolutely. And it's it's the one thing that they don't do in the new films, and I really like that because that makes this moment even more powerful. Hmm. Well, you do have that moment where she's she's in the bed, you know, the Jennifer Lawrence's versions in the bed, and um, uh, not Jennifer Lawrence's version, but Jennifer Lawrence playing this character is in the yeah. bed, and he's like, you know, it's become a meme as well. Like, I want to see the real you, and she goes blue, and he's like, perfection. That that feeds into that, I think, where it's she's like, oh, I I can be me. They kind of retconned her to be a hero, you know, and they they could do that after Days of Future Past because it kind of reset everything. Um, but I, I thought she was a much better villain character. Yeah, I wouldn't classify her as a villain, but I would classify her as an as an anti-hero. Yeah, or an antagonist at the very least. Yeah, um, yeah if not a villain, yeah. So Sorry, was that your... Th- I can fucking knock on everything in this room. Um, what was your third one? What was it? Th- X3, help. <laughs> X3, help. <laughs> that should be the title, X3, help. X3, help. <laughs> You have to rebrand it, I think, yeah. What are your X3s? Um, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, my favorite moment in X3. Is it is it bad of me to say Xavier's death? No, no. That's the, You feel that that's it? That must be correct. Because, like, the, the, new, the newer films have a lot of Xavier and uh, Magneto. But these ones not so much. Also, I just found out Xavier is not like a he's not a omega level mutant for some reason. Okay. You just found out he's an omega level mutant. He's know. not. That's he's thing. not a class five or whatever the fuck. Yeah, he's just yeah, a- someone comes in, he's like, he's a class five. I'm like, hang on, when did we discover this rating system? Is that is there baseball cards? What the fuck? I I don't know. It might be some yeah. bullshit I read on the internet. I don't know. Yeah, he's gotta read the compendium. Um yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, I, like him, he's been he's been like the the barrier from the evil to the greatness that that the mutant community in in that school has, and when he's gone, all these people like Storm and especially Logan, they need to step up to what he used to be and what he meant, mm-hmm. and it's it's amazing to see how how much Logan has changed from the first one to where. To where he's the one saying, hold the line. And yep. it's it's fucking amazing. My, yeah. my my favorite line would be, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Like, how do you put a meme in, you fucking idiots, or whatever <laughs> the hell it was? I'm the juggernaut. Like, Vinnie Jones, if you're listening, mate, I'm sorry, but you can't act. You can't. You can't act, buddy. I, I I appreciate your enthusiasm and your passion, but you're not a very good actor. Um, next, <laughs> um, was, yeah. Oh no, you did it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, there you go, folks. That's that's the first part of our our X Men a thon um, where we talk about the X Men's. Uh, it's the first three here. Next week we'll talk about the second. I think it's a quadrilogy because you've got first class. Days, Days of, of Future Past, past Apocalypse, Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix, yeah. So we'll talk about those next week. Um, but in the interim, 
perhaps let us know, like I said before, how you feel about these original trilogy. What are your favorite moments? Uh, you know, do you do you like them? Do you not like them? Tell us why. Uh, come and join in on YouTube or Instagram, wherever you happen to be. Facebook, I don't know. Just send me a ca- carry a pigeon me some information about how you feel about it. Send it by boat. I don't even care. Just be involved. Um, but we. <laughs> yeah send it by tugboat but come on now come on now let's 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 have a chat to our audience with the q a section so how many questions are there today eddie um we have, I think we have uh, seven. Seven? Yep. All right. Well, let's get busy with it then. All right. Uh, question one is, do you prefer the old or the new X-Men cast? I don't know. It's it, it's two different things. Um, I, guess I, I, I guess I like the original more because it's, you know, that was my, that was my era of X-Men. I think that... In terms of acting prowess, they're kind of on par with each other. I agree. Um, like, by the time James McAvoy is Patrick Stewart's age, he's going to be as good as Patrick Stewart and same with the rest of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Fassbender is amazing. His, his, his ferocity in, in, we'll get to it next week, but in first class, the scene where he goes into the beer hall. I'm so excited. Forget about it. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's going to be good, man. i got to rewatch them all. i got to rewatch them all. What about you? Do you, you must like the newer guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love these movies, but the newer ones were my X-Men. Yeah, I totally get that. Question number two. And yeah, the one thing I don't the one thing I don't really like about about the about the the older X-Men films is that there's no beast in the first two. Beast is so yeah. fucking amazing in the in the third one. And I hate that I can't find that jacket that he wears anywhere. I love that jacket. Alright, uh, number two. Number two. Which movie's better between Dark Phoenix and The Last Stand? I want to hear your thoughts first. Dark Phoenix. Oh, it's just better, actually. I don't know what everyone's beef is with that movie. I honestly don't. Like, I, I, I don't know why people don't like it. I think they all knew that it was coming to an end because Disney had bought Fox and they were like, well, fuck it. Yeah. But don't fuck it. What, like, look at it as a piece of storytelling. I, 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 think it's, I think it's quite well put together. Yeah, and I like how it's, it's just dedicated to that. It's not anything else happening. There's no, mm. there's no cure for mutant kind. It's, it's the Dark Phoenix, and you have it. It's not the, yeah. it's not the best, but it's, it's the best in the, in the, in the film adaptation. The fucking train sequence is amazing. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I don't know. If you, if you don't like something, that's fine. I, I, if, you, if you just want to be like jump on the bandwagon of let's hate this thing, then you can, you're an idiot. But if you have a legitimate reason for why you don't like it, that's totally cool. And. I'll get I'll get into it a lot in the in the next episode, but those X Men films have a very very the, there's a tone that goes through all of them, even the New Mutants, where where the where the theme is hope, and it's hope for a better future. Every single film it ends with mm-hmm. that the, that amazing scene where where Apocalypse is controlling uh, Xavier. And he says, to all the powerful people in the world, this world will be yours. And Xavier says, to all the powerful people in the world, protect those without. 
and it's it's amazing you see you see the the thing that makes like down the road yes this this will be patrick stewart and if it isn't it's another alternate fucking timeline that we get into in in the best x-men movie yeah yeah exactly I, i i completely agree um and if you don't that's okay too yeah that's okay too it's just we're gonna rave a lot about that one the most yeah i think so yeah it's a little little bit of longer episode next week i would wager um all right next one is what underused x-men character would you like to would you like to see have a major role in an x-men film or their own disney plus show they're too many they're too many shit um yeah there's a lot I don't know. I guess the Star Jammers are probably pretty cool. Like the the Space Pirates, one of which is Cyclops's dad, would be pretty cool. Um, they kind of did the Hellfire Club, didn't they? Sunspot would be cool. A um, little bit more. They had him in, you know, briefly in in Days of Future Past. Like a Bishop as well to have a a, a a larger story around Bishop. I always thought that character was cool. Um, a lot of them have kind of been done, but really, you know, in small ways. Um, but if you're talking about, you know, like launching something new from, from scratch, you know, if you set up the X-Men in a new Disney produced film and you start to give everyone solo movies, I love Iceman. Like I, I would like to see the story of Iceman's adventures, you know, that's, that, that's me. Now Iceman, as you mean the X-Men, right? Not, not Val Kilmer. I would like to see Val Kilmer also. Um, I saw. I had a dream. I watched, um, like I said, I watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang the other day, and he fucking steals that movie. I had a dream that he was all right. I had a dream that he he was, you know, after I watched that film that night, I went to sleep and had a dream that Val Kilmer would, um, could talk again because he, he couldn't because of his had. I think he had throat cancer or larynx yeah, cancer or something like that. Thyroid cancer. And yeah, thyroid. And uh, it was a beautiful dream. He was acting again. It was wonderful. I know he was a dick when he was in the nineties after he was Batman and really rich and everything, and he was quite um, crude to people, um, and and not a very nice person to work with. But I think he's in his old age, he's mellow, and he's a wonderful actor, like a really super talented. If you don't think so, fucking watch Heat. Or just w- just shut up and watch Heat. Or just or just watch the one scene where he's in in Top Gun Maverick because he doesn't say anything. He, and yeah, you, and yeah, you feel all of it. He's great in it. Yeah, yeah. Or he he steals the show in a lot of little things. He's in an episode of fucking. Uh, entourage where he's in like two scenes and he plays this Sherpa this this you know weed smoking Sherpa and he's just fantastic but anyway Iceman the character should get a Disney Plus show and Iceman the character from the X-Men should also get a Disney Plus show so what about you? Uh, I already have mine it was part of oh yeah? it was part of a pitch but I'm I'm, I'm gonna save out the pitch for something that I'm gonna do it at the end of, of these uh, episodes that we're doing Good call. Yeah, we're running out of time anyway. So, um, um, yeah. All right then. We'll just go. To the, we'll we'll, leave, we'll hold that. Put a pause on that one. We'll come back to it at the end of the th- third ep. Right. Um, shit. Okay. What's your fan? Question the fourth. Sorry. What's your fan cast for X Men for the MCU? The only one that I have at the moment is the one that was kind of toted around, and that's Taron Egerton as Wolverine. But again, maybe he's a bit too old. Maybe you want to go teenagers. You want to, you know, want to do it the way that they did it, OG. Um, you know, in the comics where they were 15, 14, 15 years old. I don't know. But Taron rules. He does. And um, 
schnicked. Everyone's like, oh, fucking Tom Hardy. I'm like, Tom Hardy's 56 years old or something. Like, it just... Let's think about longevity here, people. Yeah. He's old enough... What about you? He's old enough to be fucking Xavier now. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Did you have anyone in your head? No. I I dread this question because I'm too attached to the Fox ones. I'm I'm just way too attached. I'm I'm interested to see which way they go with it, if nothing else. But I don't. Yeah, Taron Egerton was the only one because I saw it. Someone mentioned it, and they they you know there was a rumor going around that he'd been in a meeting about it with with the Feige's, um, which you know was probably Boulder Dash. But I just saw some fan art, and I was like, fuck yes. But also just I just watched Blackbird, so I was in a Taron Egerton kind of mood. So who knows? That 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 works. Yeah, absolutely does. My only fan cast would be um, Emma Watson as Rogue. Cool. Yeah, okay. I can see that. I can yeah. see that. She'd be a bit older and maybe try the Southern Belle accent, but whatever. Maybe they want to go with a whole bunch of new people who aren't, be, aren't going to be expected. Because the original team was Cyclops, uh, Jean Grey was Marvel Girl, Iceman, Beast, and Angel were the originals. So maybe it's them. Maybe it's those five to start with. You ain't got your Wolverines and your Nightcrawlers and all that stuff. Yeah. And Beast wasn't blue. He was just he had big feet and flipped around. Did he? Just flip, flip, flips. Man, Beast is so fucking cool. Beast is baller. Beast balls. <laughs> Beast Fuck balls. yeah, Beast balls. Oh man. shit, not Beast balls. That sounds no, no, like no, 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 no. Something... We're sticking with it. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like something you go to like a, a, a restaurant with and they're really hot you know I'm, can I get the spaghetti with the beast balls and there's lots of chili on them I don't know why it's I don't care beast, beast, ball, yeah. beast ball exists no right and <laughs> and now these and now, two beautiful blue plums dangling <laughs> <laughs> we have to find a way to iterate that in every single episode we do. I mean, no. At some point, we bring up male genitals. It always comes up somehow. <laughs> we change the name of the podcast to the Male Genital Addict Podcast. That's a very different show. Hey, the blue, All right, sorry. The blue balls podcast. No, no. The blue balls no, podcast. No, no, no. That's a different one as well. <laughs> We're not in cells. The beast balls. Um, beast balls. The podcast. De- uh, sorry. What's question number six? <laughs> Oh, God. We've gone silly. Yeah. Next. What version of Wolverine do you do you guys hope to see in Deadpool? Honestly, the 70s version from Days of Future Past with the fucking flares and shit. Absolutely. But, you know. With, with the bone claws. That's claws. going on 10 years ago now. Yeah, yeah, with the bone claws. That's going on 10 years ago now. I'm not sure if Hugh Jackman sort of in, has the ability to get into that shape anymore. I think he um, does. I think that's why he said yes. He misses it. Yeah. Well, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a bait and switch. Maybe it's going to be the, the the Logan version or, you know, before he dies, which would take the teeth out of Logan, which I'm not too happy about because that, that film's really good. Um, yeah. What about you? I have a very weird answer for this question. I say a Wolverine we haven't seen before. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one from an alternate reality where he was, you know, it's a little bit closer to, to the original X-Men and he's got the proper, I mean, they're going to put him in the mask. They're going to have, have to. to. It's the only time you would have seen it. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for whatever, whatever form that takes for sure. Yeah. I just, the only thing I hope for is that they don't touch anything Logan at all. Cause that's, 
that's beautiful with with that character and it just no yeah it, it looks yeah, like they're not doing that so don't don't turn that into a joke the way that you know thanos was turned into a joke by having him be one of the ravagers in in um what if uh, what if or or by just having infinity stones just sitting in a drawer in loki like it just don't take the teeth away from your bigger themes and your bigger ideas yeah and the final question is the final question is what x-men film character would you benefit oh god i can't do this what is it (laughs) no i really have to and i'm like oh shit my mind's moving forward than my mouth i can't do it okay do you want to hold it up and i'll read it what x-men film character would benefit from going with a lighter tone like Daredevil and She-Hulk? Or what character would benefit going into a darker tone? That's a gambit for mm. a darker tone. That's interesting. Yeah, gambit for a darker tone. Angel for a darker tone would be interesting as well. And lighter tone. Fucking, I like the idea of Dazzler. She's a she's a pop star by night. You know, it's pop star by day film. Uh, sorry, film. Pop star by day, crime fighter by night kind of thing. There's, 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 there's some themes there. It could be interesting. Especially around fame and 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 you know what what you show it kind of like a Miley Cyrus was it Hannah Montana kind of vibe yeah. going on something like that. Jeez, yeah, that would be very interesting. Yeah, why not? Or she found or she finds out that she's a mutant in the public eye. And yeah, all- her her powers manifest while yeah. in public. Yeah, that's a fucking ooh. <laughs> yeah, hi, this is Disney Plus. Um, we're taking that. Oh, fuck you, Disney Plus. Take all my ideas. <laughs> I hope you get streaming balls. stiffness. In- <laughs> streaming balls? <laughs> I hope you get streaming blue balls, you prick. What about you? Uh, what? Well, what about you with your blue balls? No. Um, <laughs> it only happens if you're in an accident. Did you... So your your idea was... F- uh, mag- uh, sorry, Gambit... Gambit, Gambit for a darker tone. Darker tone, yeah. Yep. Also, going back, my pitch for the Disney Plus show was uh, a Gambit and Rogue uh, show, but it's it's like WandaVision. And it's, or it's like normal people. No, let's not do that again, <laughs> please. <laughs> I'd be watching. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, and like... At the end of like, have it be like fucking twenty episodes, and at the end of the eighteenth episode, you find you find out that Jean Grey is like trapped everyone in this reality because mm-hmm. she herself has been taken over by the Phoenix Force. Cool. And yeah, then, all right, I dig it. And then Gambit and Rogue have to find every single X Men within that within that kind of the reality. It's a lot of yeah. Wonder Vision, right? It is, but but you know. Eh, there's no new ideas anymore. It's totally fine. Hey, we live in a world where Aquaman and Namor exist, and yeah. and fucking Moon Knight and Batman exist, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And also, Jason Momoa is about to be recast as Lobo. So whatever. But um, I think that's the end. That's the end of our our questionnaires. Um, thank you so much for participating. I hope those answers were satisfactory. And if they weren't, make a complaint to your local Addy. <laughs> Because I won't pay attention to them. <clears throat> but um, yes, no, thank you so much for getting involved. We do love it. Come back next week 
for some more X-Men chats. We're going to talk about the the, the next quadrilogy of films um, with the new cast and, and, and uh, you know, starting with Matthew Vaughan's first class and then going to, uh, I'm not sure who directed Dark Phoenix. How about that? Yeah, let's stick know? with it. Yeah. Someone directed Dark Phoenix and we'll figure out who it is next oh, week. Oh, shit. Was that a legit question? Because <laughs> I do know. Oh, do you? Who is it? I think it was Brian Singer, man. Brian Singer directed Dark Phoenix? Yeah. We went the entire episode without saying his name, then we said it twice. Fuck. Anyway, we'll be back, and you'll be back, and it's going to be a good time. Thank you so much for listening. Please do uh, rate and review wherever you get the podcast. It really does help us out. Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube. Thank you so much to all the people using YouTube. We've noticed that there's an awful lot of views uh, on the, on the, 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 the uploads for that. Um, yeah, we hope you're having a good time. We hope you're enjoying it putting it on in the background while you're doing the shopping or putting it on in the background while you're, while you're sitting around having some beers with your mates and, and, and you want to have a bit of a giggle or just where you are so happy to have you here. So Addy, what are you doing? You double checking? Yeah. Just, just give me one second. Cause it was, it wasn't him. It wasn't him. Oh, no, I know who it was. It was Simon Kingberg, the guy who, um, the guy who wrote uh, a bunch of them. Because I was going to say, like, Brian, like, yes. Bohemian You're Rhapsody right. had come out by that time, and that was his last picture because it was a disaster, apparently, and Dexter Fletcher had to come in and finish it. But anyway, we're not talking. This isn't the Bohemian Rhapsody podcast. Yeah. This is the X Men's. It's the Filmatics podcast. Addy, you, my friend, fucking rule. Nah, man. You're, you're fucking amazing. And also, before you go on, I just want to say, um, as in just putting out content and creating stuff, it's been one of the best years of my life. Oh, wonderful. And I'm so happy to be doing this with you. Where it's it's amazing because you, you sent me that screenshot and it's been one year since this idea was formed. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I keep a, a, a diary, everybody. I, I make notes about my, my daily goings on and um, I read back the day a year like a year previous so in 2021 i think it was on it was like december the 24th december the 20 was- no it was just after christmas so it was 26th or 27th of december um so yeah a, a year ago from that date was the first time me and addy talked about doing the podcast um you know he said he wanted to do something and then you know a few months later, we finally made it happen. But fuck, it's um, yeah, it's been a hell of a ride, man. But I was just thinking, you know, we're gonna have to, we're gonna get to the date where it was, you know, the first the release of the first episode, yeah. And we're gonna have to go, we're gonna have to move into season two. Um, so we're gonna have to big big season wrap party. But we'll talk about that at a later date. But I'm so happy you're here, and it's and it's and it's beautiful. I love you, man. Love you too, buddy. I love every, I love every part of you. <laughs> Even my blue balls. Yes, especially your blue balls. Especially my blue balls. <laughs> All right, folks. We'll see you next time. And do remember. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, that's your that's your cue. Uh, stay amazing and stay safe. Oh, yeah.